Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Today's reading, today's readings help us to examine our faith and to remember that there are moral demands that follows from this faith. Faith is a free gift that God gives to men without any merit. We can lose this priceless gift. Some Paul warns Timothy of this fact when he says as follows, This precept I commend to you, O son Timothy, according to the prophecies going before on you, that you war in them a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some rejecting have made shipwreck concerning the faith. In other words, Faith can be put to test, and it will. The world in which we live often seems far removed from what faith assures us. Experiences of evil and suffering, of injustice and death, seem to contradict the good news. They can shake faith and become a temptation for it. It is then that we must turn to the weaknesses of faith, as for example, Abraham, who believed, who against hope, believed in hope, says St. Paul to the Romans. That is why I would like to reflect on the following points. The first, the lack of faith as an obstacle to grow and persevere to the end of our pilgrimage. And the second point, faith as a necessary condition for renouncing early goods in order to attain eternal ones. First of all, I would like to explain briefly how we Catholics should understand faith, our faith. Since there could be the temptation of wanting to understand the faith from a Protestant point of view. And this can be harmful to our spiritual life. First of all, it is necessary to say that the only thing that opens the door to Christ is faith. That is to say, faith is what adheres us to Christ. But what faith are we talking about? We are talking about faith perfected by charity. And how can this be demonstrated? Well, the result of faith is a conversion of the heart. For example, Saint Peter, for St. Peter, faith is the surrender 
of the whole person to God. And it is also for Abraham. It is not merely the intellectual acceptance without moral commitments. St. John, for example, says that the only one who keeps the commandments has faith because of love. That is the one who loves. In other words, only he who loves has complete faith, perfect faith. The faith dissociated from the moral fulfillment is what some adversaries, adversaries of the people, of the apostles, would maintain, as James notes in his epistle. That is why he says, show me your faith without works and I will show you by works my faith. Centuries later, what James' adversaries said, Luther will repeat with his theory of justificatio sola fide. That is justification by faith alone. So when we speak of faith, we speak, we are speaking of a faith that is not dissociated neither from charity nor from hope. This is the faith that Abraham hath. And this is the faith that develops through hope and charity. And this is the faith that we must understand. It is a pity to see that there are few souls for whom faith is enough. Few souls who joyfully, lovingly, and gratefully set out on the path of faith. The only fully secure path, totally safe from any mistake. But what are the causes of this? That's the question. There are several. One is the disorder attachment of the heart to early things. Another is the lack of the necessary docility to believe. The lack of submission or too much pride to surrender to the word of faith. Because this surrender is more difficult than it seems at first glance. Look, the word of revelation is the word of faith. And certain words of revelation are very difficult to accept completely because of vitiated nature, namely concupiscence, is a threefold. We never fully believe them. And it is true. There are words of the gospel to which we feel much more opposed. For example, what we least believe is that in poverty is our treasure, that in humiliation is our glory, that in perfect abnegation is a means of finding ourselves more fully in Christ. Sometimes we do not believe this from our hearts. And it is because it is so difficult for us to believe these things that the word of faith finds so much rebellion in us which can lead us to abandon even faith at the end. Jesus, our blessed Lord, speaks to us through faith. 
And in the meantime, our souls live in this, in this consolation, in affliction. Because they neither look to him nor listen to him. They are so full of the things of the world that they are so close to him, but they cannot see him. It is in faith that he really glimpses us, visits us, and speaks to us, not leaving room for error and mistakes. If we would learn to see God in faith, we would always find him and would end up uniting ourselves to him in pure love as Abraham did. And this brings us to the second point. In the first reading, which is taken from the book of Genesis, we have heard about the faith of Abraham. We're going we're gonna to see now the faith of Abraham, which is filled with hope and charity. And notice that never in man's relations with God did faith and obedience give such a response. God to God, who had asked him, to totally renounce his past, as we read in the book of Genesis, go forth out your country and from your kindred and out of your father's house. And now demands from him the total renunciation of his future. Take your only begotten son, Isaac, whom you love, and go into the land of vision, he says, and there you shall offer him for an holocaust upon one of the mountains which I will show you, he says. Notice that he is not asked for sacrifice of Ishmael, for instance, his other son, but that of Isaac, the beloved son, Sarah's only begotten son, born miraculously, who was the instrument of the divine promises. Abraham's faith faced with a thousand questions, imagine, that assail him, asks nothing and objects nothing. Because he believes and obeys, this heroic act of faith will make him the type, model, and patriarch of our believers, as St. Paul says. But know that not only the faith of Abraham is heroic, but also the docility and generosity of Isaac, too, is beautiful and heroic. He not only by force of passively, but consciously and willingly submits himself to the mysterious will of God. Why is he asking me to give up my son in this way? In this way, he's a type and figure of the servants of the servant of Yahweh, the obedient son. But what does God appreciate in this? The interior act that is the love, the dedication, the disposition of the one who performs it. Saint Basil the Great says that when we contemplate the blessings of faith, even now, as if gazing at a reflection in a mirror. It is as if we already possess the wonderful things which our faith assures us we shall one day enjoy. God, in reward for Abraham's heroic act of faith, 
and Isaac's obedience reaffirms then his promises. Those that will be fulfilled in whom? In Christ. Abraham's offspring. St. Paul would say as follows, It was by faith that Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He offered to sacrifice his only son, even though the promises had been made to him, and he had been told, It is through Isaac that your name will be carried on. He was confident that God had the power even to raise the dead. And so, in figure speaking, he was given Isaac from the dead. Yes, all these events were foreshadowed. Now, in the new covenant, we are given the promise through faith in the resurrection. That's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why St. Leo the Great Pope says that no one should fear to suffer for the sake of justice. No one should lose confidence in reward that has been promised. The way to rest is through toil. The way of life is through death. But Christ promised us eternal life if we remain faithful. That is why to live, grow, and persevere to the end in faith, we must nourish it with the word of God. We must ask the Lord to increase it because it's a grace. We must act out of charity because it's a living faith. Be sustained by hope and be rooted in the faith of the church, the holy church. Let us take as an example to follow Abraham and be willing to sacrifice everything that prevents us from loving God, since there is no love without sacrifice. That is to say, our love must be a sacrificial love, a love willing to sacrifice everything that goes against God's will, as Abraham did, knowing that God fulfilled his promises even if we remain faithful again. Let us give thanks to God for while we are still living on earth, he allows us to share in the heavenly goods. And we ask this grace through the intercession of a blessed mother to have a firm faith and to ask for increasing of faith, hope, and charity.